Welcome everybody to a brand new Xbox Series podcast on the Gaming Arcadia channel. This is our first, this is our debut. It's going absolutely perfectly seamlessly. Um, so there will be an episode two next week. Couldn't really call it an Xbox Series podcast if it was just the one, could we? So, um, oh, Gamster, you're not very centered. Can you slide towards your wall? <laughs> perfect, perfect. There we go. Yeah, this is our first. This is going brilliantly. Some of you know me, some of you don't. I'm. Uh, my name is Nervous, and I'm a bit, little bit Acer. Um, that sounds about right. And I've got two fantastic co-hosts. So you know me from going from Game on Daily. You know me from this channel. I've been going on this for a while. I've been very, very lucky to find two fantastic co-hosts to join me on this Xbox-focused podcast. Let us start with. On the far left, we'll go with... Uh, that's not his political stance. On the far left, we'll go with Gamsley. Gamsley, please say hello to everyone. Tell us a little bit about yourself and why people should listen to you. Oh, my God. Hey, guys, you shouldn't leave. No, I'm kidding. Uh, <laughs> uh, I'm a newcomer to gaming. Obviously, you've seen me around. I've been on many podcasts. Uh, but in life, I am a... In the day, I am a Taekwondo coach, a construction estimator... And a little bit crazy. And by night, I'm a gamer, just like you guys. And I'm ready to rock with you. So let's start with that. Fantastic start. Um, you're absolutely right, by the way. That would be my take as well. If people ask why they should care what I say, they shouldn't. But we're interested in games. We love this stuff. We enjoy talking about <laughs> yes. it. If you enjoy listening, stick around, because you've also got Deadly Headley. Give yourself a little introduction. What is going on, everybody? My name is Deadly Headley. You can listen to me if you want to. It's completely up to you. Uh, but I would recommend listening to these guys for sure. Um, I am also a fairly new content creator. I started making content back in July of 2023. Um, I have some secret talents up my sleeve. Um, first of which is that I have a journalism degree. Uh, and the second is that I am a graphic designer by day. So naturally, I have decided to become a content creator by night because I value my free time. <laughs> um, having a really good time here. I have managed to uh, grow my channel to uh, just over 800 subscribers since starting in July, which is something I'm really, really proud of and absolutely did not expect. Um, and the amazing Acer has now invited me here huh. um, to very gladly co-host this show. <laughs> well... <laughs> that's fantastic we had um as part of the chaos i've seen some of you have very generously supported with membership upgrades and super chats already i've actually lost those already so i'm going to dig those up um because i do want to get to those i do massively appreciate that you've already given us that that bit of attention and support and i massively appreciate everyone that's just come along to watch us talk uh, while i'm looking those up let's get into uh, a little bit of xbox eh? because this is an xbox show Right, people have been watching me for a long time saying that I'm not into um, console wars, I'm not into cheerleading, I'm not into shilling, so why am I doing an Xbox show? Because the Xbox is, is a freaking interesting thing to talk about at the moment, isn't it? Yeah, it is. They've got a lot going on. And this is um, looking at that through an intense lens to see what they're doing with their console, with their platform, with their games, and having a good time. Um, so let's find out from... We'll go the other way around. We'll go with Deadly Headley. Give us a little bit of your history with Xbox. What you think of... Uh, we don't Ooh. want to get too deep into the topics, but your history. Why are you an <laughs> Xbox player? Um, so for me, and I think probably a lot of people, um, both on the panel and um, in the chat, um, probably started their journey on Xbox with Halo. Um, I remember uh, playing Halo 1 um, around a friend's house when I was 
11 when that came out. Um, and I remember just being absolutely captivated by this sci-fi world and this story that had been created. Um, I think that very quickly um, sort of gathered me towards the Xbox platform. Um, I remember Halo 2 was really sort of my um, first proper foray into uh, sort of multiplayer gaming. And I think Xbox as a multiplayer platform has always been the place that I've sort of chosen to play. Um, today... Um, today, I think that um, the reason why I like Xbox as a platform is for what it offers and the value that it offers. Um, I think Game Pass has fundamentally shaken up what this industry does, uh, and I found that really exciting. Right, I have to, before I get onto you, games, I do want to ask you the same question. <laughs> no, nothing's dropped out. It's just popping all right? over the place. People are being very, very okay. generous. I need to check on some of these yeah. messages. But um, <laughs> Deadly Headley, I want you to pop a little message in the chat because uh, you have unknowingly received one of the gifts and it's quite funny. So um, you will find and several other people because I'm seeing these gift things flying around. If you are a member of the channel, you do get a little badge. You do get access to our Discord server and all the rest of it. Deadly Headley now sports a fancy badge because he accidentally got one of the gifts, which is... Congratulations. Um, that, that means you're welcome <laughs> you to our much. power server. <laughs> um, and we've also got, we've got some super chat. So the Dodge Knight, who has been supporting what I do here for years and is overly generous, uh, has donated with a super chat and says he's here and he's free, which means he's free from the West Ham game. It must be going terribly. Uh, I hope that picks up for you, Dodge. And Web Dave, Web Dave is a, is a good guy. He does one-on-one -on -one interviews with a lot of people. He does his podcast as well. And he's congratulating us on the new show. So thank you very much for that. Patrick is a gold badger, has absolute priority on the Powered server, which is already on night and day. And Pete and Isla are both been gifted memberships as well. Dirk Grigerty, what's up, fellas? Congratulations on the show. Thank you very much. It has been a you, difficult start, but we are going to get into it and have a good time, I'm absolutely sure. Um, Gamsley. Yes, sir. Tell me about you. Tell me about Xbox. When did you get into it? Tell me your journey. Oh, I, I started as a dirty, dirty PC gamer. <laughs> Let me tell you about that. Uh, all the PC games, you know, I, I loved uh, the origin of Blizzard with Warcraft and all that good stuff. I'm not going to name you all of it or else we're going to be here for two hours. Um, started in PC and then in, uh, as you know, 2000, Xbox came out. Bam! Changed my life. Changed my life. Uh, I played a lot of Halo with my friends. I mean, that was a huge X PC and Xbox has always been community to me. And uh, it's cliche to say, but um, that's why I'm still with them. That's why I love them. Uh, and that's why I love you guys. Some of you guys, not not uh, not not Dave and episode 13. You guys, not really, but the rest of you, I love you. Um, so, yeah, uh, I I went up all the I mean, I played Halo to Doom to everything possible, uh, Skyrim. So having every single one of those games under one umbrella and all those developers under one umbrella really uh, stuck me to the brand, even throughout the dark days. Um, I love this brand and I'm ready to talk about it. I guess I should do the same, right? So um, my little Xbox journey is similar to, to everybody here. I think because they were quite late into the game in terms of consoles and things, the... The Xbox came out when most of us could probably afford to get them. So a lot of people seem to be day one Xbox people that, that jumped mm -hmm. on it as soon as Halo came out because you just you had to play Halo, right? Patrick has gifted five yeah. memberships. Thank you so much, Patrick. That is you've upgraded your own membership and you've done that. So massively generous, massively appreciated. Um 
Yeah, I jumped in on Halo. I followed the original Xbox for its, its short-lived four years. I was all over the Xbox 360 for the first three years of it. But then I kind of drifted away. Um, I wouldn't say that I'm loyal to Xbox by any stretch. I like them when they're doing well, and I don't care for them when they're not. So I loved them for the first three years of the Xbox 360. I love Bioshock, Mass Effect, all of those kind of things. They had Gears, fantastic time for Xbox. Mm-hmm. And then they drifted away for me. I... I Jumped straight on the Xbox One because I was actually weirdly, you can laugh at me if you want, but I was quite interested in the in the Connect. I thought, uh, you know oh, what? Oh, that thing was awesome, guys. What? It was so good. <laughs> I used it to it turn so on different, my Xbox. Right? <laughs> yeah. It was the most useless sure. command. Oh, you yeah, say Xbox One and then you like... still had to press the button to use a controller. But yeah, apart from that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I quite like the vision that the Xbox One sold. I, I think that's probably yeah. a conversation for a different podcast, but... It yeah, probably is. It yeah, it, it it definitely is because it's going to be a long one and probably a spicy one. It made it like more interesting as a prospect, though, rather than mm-hmm. here's some hardware like the rest, which kind of overlaps with the, the talk of exclusive games and things like that. So maybe we will touch on that a little bit later. But um, yeah, followed it through and came back onto it with a vengeance for the for the Xbox Series console because as much as some people seem to be. I don't know they're a little bit mixed on it on whether it's like powerful enough for their taste or whatever. I love that console so. I love that mm-hmm. console. I love what, what Microsoft are, are doing and offering with Game Pass at the moment. Whether I'll love them forever or not is an open question. We'll see how long they serve me and treat me well, but I'm very happy to be talking about all the things that they're doing. So it's a fantastic time on that one. Um, again, these gifts are flying. Thank you, everybody. Uh, I'm crazy. still pink you from guys stress. You are amazing. But... Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> very, very, very nice. Thank you. Well, I've got the <laughs> I'm so um, happy. Right. But that's your history with Xbox. Tell me about today. Let's talk about some games. Gaming podcast, we love to talk about games. So, Deadly Headley, what have you been playing this week, the last couple of weeks, the last five years? You know, this is our first episode. You can you can stretch it as much as you want. What are you playing? <laughs> so, um, as you, as I definitely know everybody on the on the panel knows, we've uh, we've spent quite a lot of effort in getting this off of the ground, which means I haven't actually had the chance to play that much. However, outside of those two weeks where everything's been a bit crazy, um, I am loving Baldur's Gate 3 and I'm desperately trying to find the time to actually commit to it properly and finish it because I'm really enjoying that. Um, I have also been doing some research for a video that I'm working on. So there are two games, one of which is on Game Pass and one of which isn't, um, but both of them are very, very much relevant to xbox as a platform and they are uh wolfenstein new order and the darkness mm-hmm. um the reason why i've picked the darkness is because it was developed by starbreeze um which um ended up sort of splintering and forming what we now know as machine games and the reason why i'm sort of playing those is because i want to get into um what we can expect from machine games when we're delivering um when they're delivering indiana jones as a first person game uh, the other one, obviously, is Power World, because who hasn't been playing that? Um, and one that I'm going to talk for a Game Pass pick, but I will we'll circle back around to that. All right, Gamsley. Awesome stuff. The mixed bag. <laughs> yeah, no, no. How about, I, how about I you, think, I think I think the constant here is going to be Power World, right? I mean, it's gigantic <laughs> yeah. right now. It's, it's blowing up. <laughs> My God, what was it like? Nineteen million or something, right now? Mm, right? Yeah, nineteen right. million players. 
Yeah, so I, I'm definitely playing Pal World a lot, and I'm actually I've been trying to play the smaller games. So I've been I popped on to Go Mecha Ball. <laughs> it's adorable, and that's part of my uh, Game Pass picks. So I'll I'll save that for later in a little bit of an in depth speak about that. But it's an amazing a roguelike game, amazing. Uh, and then I was playing recently. What was it? It was. Oh my goodness. Uh, oh, <laughs> Brotato. Did you guys see this game? I have. I've I really seen it on there. I got it downloaded. Oh, Ready to man. go. It's <laughs> like a vampire su uh, survive, uh, survivor, right? Yeah, vampire survivor mm -hmm. type clone. But it's more um, Binding of Isaac, like I find. It's a great mix of the two. Uh, I'm having a blast with that as well, uh, which I will also talk in more depth later. So those three games I've been playing pretty heavily and a little bit aside, aside of near Replicant too, which is odd that I went back to, but I love that thing. Oh yeah, and as you guys could see, this is a brotato. It's so good. Uh, if you're watching on YouTube right now, um, we have the gameplay up and it's freaking amazing. So go check that out. Shout out to uh, the devs on that. Is that the same that as Vampire so. Survivors in that you just, is, is it one button, like you just walk around and it all You tight? just, you just, you don't, you don't really press anything, you just auto everything. So you move around and that's it. It, it does the rest and, yeah. I know that the it's first, really awesome. the first iteration of that, it came out on Steam like a day after Vampire Survivors came about. That's how quickly they managed mm -hmm. to be like, oh, this is, this is an interesting genre. Boom. And now it's, oh, it's, it's been on Game Pass for the last week or so, hasn't it? Um. It's, yeah, a, it's, it's one of Phil Spencer's picks. It's actually blowing up right now because it, it's super easy to play on xCloud as well, right? And and phones mm -hmm. and all that stuff. So, uh, yeah, these expect these games to blow up. There's many on Steam right now, and a lot of them are doing well. So if you want to play something really fun and mindless and just have fun, go with Brotato. Thank you again, Replicant. Thank you, everybody that's just throwing these memberships around. Get those, get those people in the Discord. We do have a, a wonderful time there. Um, my gaming on Xbox has been disturbed because this stuff has taken so, so long to get ready. I got asked in Discord um, by Peter Morland. He said, uh, how is um, GoMechable? Because he saw Discord has a little status update. And he said, I'm playing that on Xbox for like three hours or something. And I had to tell him the title screen is a little bit annoying. That's all I saw of the game. Fired it up. <laughs> Fully intended to give it a go. It looks quite interesting, yeah. and just the title screen just blaring in my ears with a little bit of strobe lighting for oh man, you got three you hours gotta while play I got it. on with sitting on the podcast. <laughs> you really got to play it. It really does play like uh, it. It does not at all have Hades story, but it's very structured, kind of like Hades, and just a very wacky take on it. So you should try it out. Oh, I, I hate Hades. It's one of my least favorite games. Um, do you? That's are not you, true. No, I freaking adore Hades. You, I can't <laughs> oh believe you just God. said that out loud that it's like Hades. I'm going to ditch this podcast well, right know. now and do jump on Go Mechable. I don't know, man. Let's talk about that. Right. <laughs> 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 no, I'm a massive fan of Hades. So. Um, I'm not typically a fan of roguelikes, though. So I'm going to come back to you on that. I'm going to play it this week and I'll see if it, if it catches it out, my man. interest or not. Um, yeah, I'm also on Borders Gate, like, slowly working through that. Nearly at the end of it playing through um a lot of power we've got a powered server going so i'm not i'm not on the xbox version just yet because those servers are still pending but i've got uh within the gaming arcadia discord we've got a server ready to go just waiting to welcome everybody on all of these platforms as soon as it's good to go that is an interesting game but we can talk about that separately if it if it comes around to it we've got a bunch of topics to get through today um so let's get straight on to one of them shall we
Yes. Yeah, Let's get sure. straight on to, and rather than particularly introduce it, because you all know the meat and bones of this one, we're going to talk a little bit about the stuff that happened last week with Microsoft, with Active, Activision, Blizzard, King, and particularly with Odyssey. Um, Deadly Headley, do you want to lead into some thoughts on that? I bet you've got a bunch. Um, so I'm interested to see what Odyssey was, and obviously we, we're not going to get that answer. Um, I think, obviously, first of all, the, the thing that we, we have to talk about is the human cost that was attached to um, the the redundancies that were made, the layoffs that were made, um, and that sucks. I think it was something that kind of, it, it's clearly impacted the industry at a very wide scale. It's still going. We've seen more layoffs this week as well. So it, it is generally a theme that will continue to play out. Um, you hold that element against Microsoft. Mm -hmm. um, I, there's two sides to it. You, the first side is the pragmatic person in me who has experienced being laid off and has experienced being laid off after a merger has finished taking place. Those are two things that I have experienced, both with a merger and without one. It does suck. But it's also, I think, in, in the corporate world, something that un unfortunately can be part of the parcel when it comes to suits and capitalism, et cetera, et cetera. As crap as that is, it's very difficult to change that wider picture. With Microsoft yeah. specifically, there's a couple of things I think is worth pointing out. So the, the first one is that um, they are a trillion dollar company. So it is very, very easy for us to point the finger and go, you've got all this money. Why the hell have you taken these people's jobs away? But then the counter argument to that is that you do end up with crossover when you have, uh, or overlap as it's being referred to when you, you have mergers as well. Um, the other part of this story that I think is is really the thing that was talked about more this week is some of the specific roles that were laid off. So um, I heard um, QA testers being laid off. We, we need QA testers. We need community managers, which were also laid off for mm -hmm. games that I believe are currently still live and serving people. That's a bit of a difficult one to square. Some of the more administrative HR roles, when they double up, I can see those being cut. That is sort of part of the parcel with, you don't need two people to manage one department without um, either grossly overpaying them for doing half the workload um, or paying a, them half sorry. the salary for half the job. Go on. Uh, yeah, I have, a, I have a quick question there. I'm sorry to cut you. Um, mm -hmm. Do you, before I lose my thought, the um, when they talked a lot about how they want Activision to like kind of run separately they have their own like they they bought them i saw somewhere that they bought them for a lot of reasons that it runs itself they have their own pr teams they have a good strategic play uh they do their own things with call of duty and all that stuff don't you think that it's a little weird that they're laying off some of these spots since you know you're buying them to have those spots kind of thing or do you think it's more than that so like having it run, being able to run independently and know that business from that business, right? Yeah, Inside that I, I business, think, you'd think you want to keep them, no? Yeah. So I, I think, Asa, you've you've been you've been across all of this a lot more than we have, merely just by how how often you've podcasted and how long you've podcasted for. Um, I have. There's a a common sort of. Um, 
a common denominator that I have noticed around these discussions in that um, Activision hired a lot of people after mm. my and then please correct me if I'm wrong. Um, yeah. After the acquisition was sort of that flag was planted in the ground and Microsoft went, yeah, we're going to do this. Activision 7, was a hiring spree. Yeah. Um, whether it was right for them to do that hiring spree or not, we don't know. What people, Microsoft haven't cut the same amount of jobs that Activision created. Mm-hmm. Um, but you, I think your argument is very, very valid that of course they could redirect those resources into other projects because we know that following the Activision, uh, the Activision Blizzard King acquisition, there are now a lot of projects that Microsoft has to be across. So the question is, why weren't those resources reallocated? And again, you will have overlap in certain departments. Um, I, I have a different us? question. Okay. I have a different question. Mm-hmm. I'm going to ask Gamsley first of all. In the run up to this, obviously, if we'd been podcasting for the last two years, we would have talked about it every week until our, our heads fell off. But in the run up <laughs> to this, when Microsoft were acquiring Activision Blizzard King, it had all been announced. Were you excited about it? And what specifically did you care about within that organization? I, you know, I'm going to get into all of that later with a little bit of a fun fact. But um, I love every single company that's like every company they absorb. Bootlicker. Sorry. Yeah. (laughs) 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 I didn't know Dave was in here. I didn't know episode 13 was here. My God. Get him out. Um, so <laughs> uh, I I really liked every single company they absorbed. Like I have deep roots in PC gaming. So I have deep roots in all the Obsidian stuff. I have deep roots with uh, Bethesda. I have deep roots with all these companies. I mean, Blizzard really is the biggest one, right? So all of them coming kind of co- uh, colliding into one place is really awesome for me and and everything on game pass like that's a huge win like the next diablo i won't have to pay i'll have easy access i'll have um easier time to grab people that i've lost in these games so i've lost let's say some friends playing diablo every time or every season it's easier to get them to buy or not buy get into game pass and play with me right uh, same with call of duties and same with all these community games that have been absorbed right now so um yeah, I was I was happy, but I also knew that there was a overarching, you know, dread coming with it. Right. Like n- these layoffs were going to happen um, and the whole industry blew up a little bit too fast because of the pandemic. And we're still seeing the the fallout of that. Um, so, yeah, it's a mixed mixed emotions for me because I truly love these teams. I truly love their games. Um, you know that. Um they all suck to League of Legends, though. League of Legends is the best game on the planet. Anyways, don't at me, Dave. <laughs> I'm going to get this super chat because we've got such a fantastic name. I can't wait to read it. Um, fantasticals. Fantasticals. Thank you again for the another super chat. Congrats on the first show, guys. Hopefully many shows to come. Best wishes from Germany. There will be many shows to come. Um, loads and loads of stuff coming. And like I say, I'm really, really confident and pleased that I got these two to come on and talk Xbox with me. So this is going to get better and better as we go. Um, thank you again, everyone that's here and supporting. The Blizzard is my answer. Always has been. The whole time that Activision Blizzard King merger has been going on, I've been a Blizzard fan since like early days of Warcraft. Um, and I've 
cared about what that company does. I've loved a lot of things that they've done and I've watched them in my eyes kind of fall off the rails um, with the way that they started monetizing everything really heavily. And I always put that down to um, the influence of, of Activision or Vivendi and Activision. And a lot of people did. Everyone put it down to their, their greedy corporate overlords. It's not 100% clear if it is entirely their overlords fault, but um, the big hope was that Microsoft would take the studio and put them back on the right track, keep all the talent, put them back on the right track and start delivering games with, with less like options to buy gold and whatnot. Um, and that was an open question yeah. because obviously Microsoft want you to buy things from them. So it was very much a wait and see. But the the first, my instant reaction when they when they announced that Odyssey had been cancelled was like massive disappointment. I'd so been looking forward to Odyssey. I'd spoken about it. All they'd given us was a teaser image, like Project Odyssey. They hadn't even named it Odyssey at this point. It was just Project Odyssey. It's a survival game from yeah. Blizzard. Survival games are freaking massive and Blizzard make rough games good. That's their that's their thing. That's their MO. That's what they're good at. So when they announced that they'd cancelled yeah, that, it was used like, to be, oh, used to be good at. Oh, why? Yeah, and I, I get agree. it. We're, we're on the outside, right? We haven't seen it. They had years in development. For all we know, Activision Blizzard King were going to cancel it anyway and just didn't because the acquisition was in play. So there are a lot of open questions, but it was brutal for me. Um, Deadly Headley, I'm going to smoothly segue across from ABK and redundancies because everyone's had enough of that really. Are you a fan of survival games? Have you heard of any big ones recently? So I I wouldn't I wouldn't categorize myself as a fan of survival games, but I do like them. Uh the last one that I played for a reasonable period of time was Ark. And I I love dinosaurs, by the way. I, I absolutely love dinosaurs. <laughs> so Ark being basically naked and afraid uh, with dinosaurs was both horrifying and thrilling. Uh, and I did really, really like it. But the time commitment and the grind that came with it is just absolutely insane. Um, and there was a point where... Um, there was a point where I was sort of in and out of work for a little bit, like bouncing between freelance contracts. So whenever I was sort of doing the whole kind of regularly catching up with recruiters and things like that, um, I had some downtime to sort of spend time on Ark and really enjoy that. Um, what I like about Pal World is that it is nowhere near as grindy or as demanding as something like Ark. Um, I wish I had more time and energy to commit to something like that because I really like what they present. Um, where are you guys at on survival games? Do you, want you want to take this first? Okay, I got it. Um, the <clears throat> I'm a huge fan. I, I, I love survival games so much. I, I think I've played almost every single one of them. Um, I would describe it Pokemon meets... Well, not even... Uh, Pokemon meets Ark, right? It's a very f friendly arc it's so easy to get into it's accessible it it's 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 really it's like it's just so intuitive right you you place something in your box and immediately something comes out of it you know you'll you'll see it visually there's something telling you oh well that's easy right i if if i want something to be built i put a pal in a box and they pop up and they help me build the thing and then you it's everything is very visible it's easy to see on the screen I mean, it tells you very hard. It tells you hard mechanics very in a in a in a big w easy way. Um, I'm I'm really. It's like the Pokemon of survival games, right? Ex easy. Like Pokemon was to 
RPGs. Easy to get into, fun, to the point. And that's that's it. I hate really putting them together because they are very different games and I don't want to get into that topic. Uh, it's been batted to death. But um, yeah, I love survival games and I love this game. I have, I think I'm at the second gym leader or thing. <laughs> second second uh, tower thing. thing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> before, before Pal World then, because obviously you said that you do like survival games. What, what was your bag in terms of the survival genre before Pal World came along? What was my bag? Is it, like, what, what did was you I like? In? What was your yeah? What were you into? Arc. Sorry, Arc? that's just some some Britishisms. Oh, it's all coming good. <laughs> it's all good. I'm Canadian, eh? No, I'm kidding. Um, so, so uh, Arc was a really big one. I I played hundreds of hours into Arc, and that's why I make the same comparison to you. I know the systems in Arc, and I know how hard it is to do what you want to do in that game. Mm. You know what I mean, Head Headley? It's it's crazy. I like the complexity. If you wanted, it's just the time commitment. Yeah, like me, me and a me and a crew that I was playing with, we would spend literally six hours getting the kit that yeah. you needed to make bullets and I, all of the shit that you had to do with it yeah. for a raid that would be over in 20 minutes. <laughs> yeah, I know. But it was, but like, it was, it was a little ridiculous. It was a little ridiculous, <laughs> you know, like to breed dinosaurs and to get them doing the things that you wanted them to do was a little bit yeah. hard. It was really hard to get it into. It was awesome. So. It was just hard. Yeah. Yeah, but Power World... In terms of the time commitment and the sort of lack of... Because it doesn't give you a lot, really, does it? That's the other thing with Ark. You you kind of have to go and figure it out. And again, I like the challenge. I just don't have, like, the real-world map. Or real-world deadly. Yeah. Look at me giving my first name away. Doesn't have the time for this. <laughs> 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 wouldn't have clocked it if you hadn't said it. No one would have. Yeah, I think I'm pretty sure I, I'm pretty sure I put in so much time in Ark and did nothing like that's the beauty of these games you could go for like 50 hours and you're like wait how do i breed a thing or mm. shoot a pokeball anyways it's it's a crazy thing so it started with arc um and conan exiles is excellent conan exiles is it i want to almost compare power world instead of pokemon to conan exiles because it, it does have like in a dark way it has <laughs> as uh slavery in the conan exiles kind of slavery way uh so it's almost like you know you, you grab these humans and you make them do what you want them to do which is really crazy and not good and i don't know why i'm saying this but anyways it's a comparison uh a, a better comparison between the two um the conan exiles is amazing you know you could grab somebody add them as a companion and then make them build your base. And they do all the same things as the pals do in pal world. And that was very unique and dinosaurs didn't do that in arc. So it was really cool. It's helpful mechanic to speed things up. And uh, yeah, Conan exiles. I was on that for a long time. Isa, are you a big fan of like survival? You were into Conan exiles for the nudity. I know it. You know it. Um, <laughs> no, I've always, I've always hated them. This is why I was so looking forward to Odyssey because I've always thought that um, as genres go, it's it's been the most ripe to just be streamlined. There's obviously a lot of fun in there. Mm -hmm. These games come out in early access as horrible janky messes, and they do numbers. They'll sell like millions to an audience that's just yep. baying for it. They want to play this and they love it. I go onto them and I pick up a few berries and I pick up a few sticks and then I wish I were dead and then I move on to something that's a bit more like instant gratification for me. I've not got time for any more berries. Yeah. So, But I did Power yeah. World, right? I was very, very 
reluctant and resistant to even trying Power World until it came out. Like it's on Game Pass, so it's worth a try. But I don't like playing early access games. The way that I see it, if I'm going to play a game, I'm probably only going to play it once because there's there's just a, there's a lot of games around, right? There's a lot of games, so I'm going to play it once. I'm going to have my fun with it. It's going to be more fun if I wait until it's actually released. I'll get a better experience yeah. if it's not in early access anymore. If I'm only going to do it once, but mm. it's social, right? It's as part mm -hmm. of part of the zeitgeist. Is it's social? That's why the word of mouth is so strong because you don't just play it by yourself. You play it with people, and it gets its hooks into you. And it's got even though it is rough, like it is, um, especially if you play it on one of the older consoles. I've seen it on the Xbox One X. It is rough, but um, mm -hmm. it's really well paced. Like the way that it gets its hooks into you, the way that it's laid out enough enough goals at any point in time to just keep you interested to keep you going that little bit longer like i need to go to bed no i needed to go to bed two hours ago and it just does that um <laughs> I, and suddenly i'm more interested in survival games than i was before yeah it's got that yeah the loop the loop is on point like everything there's so much things it's to find really they have little nuggets of lore even though they're meh but they have little nuggets of lore and hidden treasures and it's 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 spectacular and and that's if i may that's why i'm so sad that blizzard like you said didn't get their hands in this genre because i feel like they could do what you want you know they could give you that story outlet and really just build around that and have something fun and and polished and finally you know a little bit triple a but we we know that you know the the engine changed and all that stuff so i don't know about that um but it's so sad that they had to cancel that but anyway mm -hmm. i digress I think there's a couple other um things we're talking about with with powell um so first of all uh xbox uh said this week that it was their most successful third party uh day one on game pass title ever um and hit is it seven seven, seven million, players million in ten days, mm. which is yeah. insane. Um, yeah, it's nuts. It is also the fastest growing title on Xbox Game Pass Cloud or X, X, Xbox Xbox's cloud service, um, and um, the previous uh, previous most successful um, third party launch that we had on Xbox Game Pass was um, High on Life which again had sort of a like a virality to it it had the capacity to create viral content and obviously high on life did quite well in terms of how it was positioned and um how it was delivered um and pal world has gone above and beyond that there was a a clip um i shared earlier this week acer i'm not sure if you saw it i think gamsley you did there was um a youtuber called kathy plays um, she posted a um, a quick video on YouTube talking about where she was going to be playing a lot of her games for the foreseeable future. Um, and the reason why I bring it up is because she was on PlayStation 5, saw what Pal World was doing, heard that it was on Xbox Game Pass, and wanted to sign up to um, Xbox Game Pass Ultimate using their $1 trial to try it out and play power world when she got to that service and you can go and look this you can go and look this up I'll, I'll tweet it afterwards as well um when she got there <clears throat> she then started talking about how excited she was that she saw things like halo on there because she grew up playing halo since 
then to move to a different platform also pointed out when she was talking about mm. the platform that she's currently on that she has to buy most of her games if she wants to try them out and pal world is a very very interesting entry point into that xbox ecosystem that um i I've, i know we've we've all talked about actually on separate podcasts um the xbox needs to do a better job of communicating its cloud offering and letting people get into that sooner we've also seen discussions this week um annoyingly i haven't got any references to hand but i'm pretty sure there is more investment currently being put into clouds where xbox are trying to beef up their cloud offering Mm -hmm. the um (laughs) the one stat that microsoft didn't tell you so they told you that it's got like seven million people on xbox that's um it's game pass in general so it'll be the the pc Mm -hmm. and the xbox version but a lot of people playing it what they didn't tell you through the smile on their face was they pay five magic beans for this because nobody expected it. Five magic beans <laughs> for Power World. Didn't expect it to do anything. And you saw their response. They're like, hang about. This game is doing numbers. We best help them yeah. out over here. Because yeah. like the Xbox version is a little bit behind the Steam version. And Microsoft has suddenly gone, wait a minute. This game is big. <laughs> yeah. So they are sending engineers over. They are getting that version up to scratch. Mm-hmm. They are getting the dedicated servers in there sooner than mm-hmm. anticipated. And that's all great news for people that are enjoying the game. Um mm-hmm. Yeah, if you've not, yes, if you're not given it a try, if you're like me and you're looking at it going, well, I don't even like Pokemon, so why would I play a Pokemon okay. ripoff or whatever? It is worth giving it a go. It's got interesting hooks. You can wait until it comes out. You can play it right now. You can get in the game on the gaming Arcadia Discord server and jump on our multiplayer server if you want. We are all having a good time with it, which is kind of a surprise to me because I didn't think that I would. Um, I just want to quickly get the, the super chats and things that are going on because they are still flying. We've got more... More memberships gifted from Patrick. We've got Painful Discourse gifted a membership. Replicant is gifting them out. Episode nice. 13 has been a guest in our Discord server fighting the, the green Xbox fight with all his heart for a while now and how he's made the leap and his little badge as well. So episode 13, make sure you do link your um, your YouTube account to your Discord account. It will give you all of the little oh, perks God. and things that you've been wanting. Yes, exactly, Gamzee, it will. Do we have um, to let him do we have to let him in? Jesus. He's also I mean, he's also given us a super chat. He says, Let the green flame burn in your hearts forever, which sounds more painful than good, but okay, we'll do it. Yeah. Game Antonio yeah. is another he's got a gold badge. He's been a member of this channel for six months already, even though this channel only launched Sadly. late yesterday. He's been a member for six months. Um he's given a massive super chat and he says he's proud of me and T Rex says hi. T Rex is his child, so that's awesome. T Rex is um I'm mentoring, I'm educating this kid because, yeah, you like Tony again, not me, damn. Um, Tony (laughs) plays all the streams out loud, so I'm basically raising his kid. It's going really well. Um, Dodge Knight, loving this panel. Well done, Thank you, Dodge. For those that don't know, I've got another podcast coming starting next week that Dodge is a panel member on, which I'm sure is also going to be awesome. There's big plans for that as well, so do keep an eye. Game on Pete is also there with the Super Chat. Ace of Deadly and Gamsley. This is a great combo and a breath of fresh air. I'd love to see the first episode going to be massive. We're going to try, right? And if it's not, we're still going to have good fun with it. Um, thank yeah, you, thank you, everyone that's in there um, saying all those things. Also, a little thing about how this runs. You might have seen on the YouTube chat, there's a little Q&A box at the moment. Um, stick some things in there. All kinds of things. At the end of the show, we probably won't be able to get all of them, but... Um, Hopefully, Isla will filter them out and we'll get as many of them as we can. We'll address those one by one at the end. Shall we move on to, in fact, I think I'm going to let Gamsley, you have um, a little history lesson for us today, don't you? Well, first off, I think 
there is one thing I want to lead into it with. And uh, mm. quick, so we as a panel didn't get to um, say the quick things we think about the direct that Xbox had. Uh, really quick before we get into it, how your quick thoughts, deadly. How did you like the direct? Very quick thoughts. It was good. Yeah, I really liked it. Very happy with everything. Thought the pacing was really solid. A um, couple games I wasn't super interested in, but could see why people were interested in them. And Indiana Jones has got me hyped. Awesome. Asa. Okay. So really, really quick take on it. Not going into each game one by one. I was very, I very so. impressed that um, that in every case, those developers look like they're allowed to do what they want to do. And when you look at a company like Microsoft with their size and scope, and you look at the way a company like Disney operates, where you can you can feel their kind of tendrils in everything that they produce, you look at this, and Microsoft tendrils aren't really in these games, like not in a negative way at the least. They're letting Hellblade be Hellblade. They're letting it be quite an indie, like psychological game. They're letting Arrow be Arrow. They're letting Indiana Jones be nothing like Uncharted, despite a massive outcry from people that they want it to be like that. Um, that for me, I wanting to try new things fantastic to see so i love it in that regard i think that point on um indiana jones just quickly by the way is a really really powerful one because it it wouldn't surprise me if xbox had gone you know what we need to make a playstation game and said to machine games we know that you're good with first person but um these these playstation games we want you to go and make one of those they didn't do that and respect to them for it because i think a lot of people like you said were expecting that um and i think it's really cool that machine games have actually just been given license to go and make the game that they want to make um gamsley what did you think of the direct your thoughts uh really quick i loved it i mean my favorite game was avowed and i think the mm. bigger like message out of it is that i think their future is starting to shape up right we've been seeing that for a very long time even the dark days of the xbox one and whatever that connecting asa was talking about you know what i mean um but uh, <laughs> yeah. uh i think it's finally brightening up and i think that everyone's gonna try like i mean all the competitors playstation nintendo whoever steam deck i don't know they're all gonna really look at microsoft as a big player now and uh partners are also going to be looking at microsoft as big players i think i hope uh for the you know health of all their teams um so yeah i'm really looking to uh, towards the future and what they can be so asa favorite game of the show what what was your favorite game mine was about Oh, that's a good question. Um, I'm going to parrot you on that because Avowed is the one that I'm looking forward to most. I think Indiana Jones was the one that surprised me the most because leading up to it, I expected it to be like Uncharted. I'm not a massive Uncharted fan. So I looked at that and went, yeah, I've kind of had enough of those already. And then it wasn't. It was something entirely new and unique. So that went way up in my estimation as a result of the show. But Avowed, I was already really looking forward to and I'm still really looking forward to because that's that's my my kind of game. I yeah, I was I'm really like impressed. That. I was really impressed yeah. with the showing. The uh, the combat looks really interesting. I love the the look of the wand work. Looks really really cool. I didn't expect like wand magic to be a part of the combat system, and the way that that's been delivered, that sort of idea of being able to sort of initiate like free flow combat where you can really just like pick how you want to 
fight like in the moment and sort of dynamically switch fighting styles i think that's going to be really fun i'm looking forward to that a lot yeah and i'll you know i'm glad all of us like avowed because i love obsidian why i love obsidian is because i love rpgs so leading up into our little fun fact here um you know i again i'm a pc guy and i love these old rpgs kind of like baldur's gate one um etc etc um before obsidian was obsidian they were called let's see they were called black isle studios do uh, are any of you um familiar with black isle studios i didn't know that that actually rings a bell but i don't know why so black black isle studios was part of interplay entertainment interplay entertainment which is gigantic gigantic publisher that had a lot of like rpg arms and a lot of these old school rpgs like pillars uh well old school rpgs like Baldur's gate um and torment i believe um were under this publisher so they make some really big games uh interplay of course founded by brian fargo which is now i believe in uh in exile entertainments um founder uh and also josh sawyer uh was lead developer uh in most of black isle games so they have a ton of history um i bring this up because uh you know a lot of people in a lot of places always shout from the top of their lungs that you know xbox might not have an identity and and whatever um but i'm i'm gonna counter argue that you know we have brian fargo in exile make fantastic rpgs right they're from the beginning um all in the DD world right he they're all connected to this DD table type top type of game right uh they're all in the same universe uh we have josh sawyer same same thing right he he grew up with these big rpgs um i'm sure you and i everybody well a lot of people listening probably you know played a tabletop rpg and a pc game in the early days um phil spencer we know is a gigantic rpg fan and a gigantic fan of these studios and that is why i'm going to bring it back to the top of my um intro is that i think identity you know the identity why i love xbox is because they have these roots everybody is back under one umbrella now making the games that i loved when i was a child and these are deep-rooted communities uh, and I think that's what Phil Spencer had in mind when he was targeting certain studios soullessly, apparently. But I don't think it was soulless. I think he knows what he's what he wants. I think the company knows what they want now. Um, they're on the right path, and that's why I'm sticking with Xbox. So that was a little fun fact. Uh, In Exile was founded in 2002. Interplay Entertainment, 1983. Black Isle was founded in 1996. So these these companies have been around for a very long time building games we love. So I'm super hyped about the culture that's back together again as one family um, and to see what these legends have to do. So it's a bright future. What do you think? Absolutely. Like um, you mentioned Brian Fargo there, the Wasteland games. Wasteland 3, it was, it was buggy, but this was pre 
pre-ownership from Microsoft. So they didn't have that extra investment, that um, that ability to spend an extra year on it like we got with um, with Starfield. So it came out, it was fantastic, but if you played it in co-op, it, it fell apart quite often. Um, really, really good game though. So Clockwork Revolution, I cannot wait to see. Um, I love that they've got all of these Western studios. You mentioned some, some cracking studios there and a bunch of games, like you mm-hmm. said, when you said about the developer direct that it feels like they're they're hitting their stride now um unfortunately it's not the first time i've said this but it's it's true this time i'm sure of it there's not really going to be any more gaps in the xbox release schedule is there they've got so many studios and they've got their pipeline all it's all beginning to roll and snowball so we should have fantastic things to play for a long time now i really felt xbox's frustration last year when like when um phil spencer was in that interview with uh with kind of funny is xcast and he just was sat there going like i can i can see it i can see the cadence that we're trying to achieve i can as well we didn't get as many release dates as or like solid release dates as i think any of us expected but i think it could be because um xbox is trying to steer clear of, of certain dates that it doesn't necessarily know that that much on yet um and I think the industry has probably learned from committing that little bit too soon to dates. I think we're finally, I think everybody's getting it now. You don't have to commit to a date that far in advance. It, it's okay. <laughs> yeah. No, Do you know what? The, the so biggest... a couple, go on. You first. Oh, Sorry, no, no, no. no, I'm going to shift this. Yeah, no. First. Okay, perfect. Um, yeah, no, just, you, you know, they have such big guys under their wing now. Like, they really do. They have big intertwined, like, they have huge legends in this uh, in this crew right now. And I think that Phil Spencer wants to kind of bring back that 360 era where the biggest factors of them really doing well in that era was partnerships with people like Bethesda, right? You, you could see a pattern. Bethesda has been brought in uh their legends in in that space they they bring back activision they get blizzard right all these companies that really blew up xbox um in the 360 era and it's it's just it's it's like a repeat's happening it's like he knows exactly what he's doing you know Mm. i'm so ready for the the next games uh by the way quick reason why they left uh so in black isle studios was shifted away and kind of um uh, renamed into Obsidian because of financial trouble. So they had actually um, one huge project that they were building. So Project V13 was the code name, okay? And it was supposed to be a massive multiplayer uh, online game. And take a guess what game, like what IP this was supposed to be. So... This is a Obsidian interplay. I know the answer studio, to this, right? You know it. I know, but it's gone. I, I know this, but I don't know it. Go on. Okay. It was supposed to be set in the world of Fallout. Wow. Yes. So it was supposed to be this big, large mm. multiplayer online game uh, with Fallout, and it was in development for like twelve years. They couldn't get it out of the ground, even when Black Isle kind of was being renamed and shuffled out they tried to interplay try to resurrect them you know Mm. uh with this title still but nothing took off and now we have fallout 76 i was gonna say with hindsight (laughs) (laughs) maybe she's doing well for herself now (laughs) uh 
but yeah that that was just a little fancy thing that i thought was very interesting how all these uh, studios and the vision of what phil wants to do has all come together uh into this little umbrella that they have maybe it was an accident but i don't think so I want to take this then. Um, first, I'm going to read the super chat because I don't want to miss them forever. Uh, Alex SS has said, "Will we see episode 13 or Dave on the shows?" Uh, those are people from within our little community that we're very familiar with. These are not going to be guest shows particularly. I'm not saying never. There'll be very special occasions when we get people on. And when I say special occasions, I don't mean we're going to get like shills and influencers on. Um, but it'll be rare to see guests on. So you'll have to keep plugging away and see what comes about on that one. Um, I want to ask you. You were just talking about obsidian and in exile and obviously bethesda and all these studios that have these these roots and this inter intertwined history and so on and lots mm. of positivity around the number of export studios and the games that they've got in the pipeline do you see any big gaps yes, is there anything that they really need to i'm going to go with deadly headly first on this one do you see any big gaps in their kind of arsenal um so the Honestly, I think a, a gap that I want to see filled is what Fable is going to deliver. That, for me, is actually an experience that I currently don't have on Xbox or a modern version of, of that experience that I would really, really like. So I'm hoping that Fable is the thing that does that because it, it is currently my most anticipated title on Xbox. It was Starfield. Starfield came out. I had a great time with Starfield, by the way. It's not going to change. Um... But yeah, Fable is, is something that I'm really, really looking forward to. And to have that on our platform is, is something that I think will deliver some really positive change in terms of having a third-person RPG for a start, because I think a lot of what we see on Xbox typically these days tends to be a first-person RPG. That's I, I, need to, I need to interrupt and sound a massive foghorn. You can't have Fable. I said something that they're missing. They've got Fable. Come in. <laughs> it wasn't missing in their arsenal. Um, that's a tough yeah, one. and it's an RPG, which they have many. Is, yeah, no, they do have lots of RPGs. Um, no, that that that's my answer. So, uh, you are no, perfectly satisfied with you. Thank you, Asa. <laughs> so they're perfect. They're absolutely perfect. Let's pretend. Uh, no. Yeah. <laughs> no, we can't go that far. Um, yeah. <laughs> that's fair enough you, fair enough Gabs what about you, you oh I'm actually going to ask uh, oh. Headley a question hmm. uh, so you're not on like the do you find that they have a huge gap in, in the third person action uh, like genre kind of like what you know, the competition do you have do you think they have a gap there because that's the most common gap everybody put, points out do you it, think it, there's it's the most common gap that people talk about it doesn't yeah. necessarily bother me that much but i think okay. what fable is offering as a triple a third person fantasy experience with talent in it as well because we've um actually one of the things i really loved about um fable and its charm i know we keep on going back to this i'm trying to think more broadly but fable is on my brain so i'm going to keep on going um i i'm quite excited about some of the talent that fable is also bringing to the table so um richard iowadi for example mm -hmm. i know one of the one of the things that i really loved about um the older fable games were the, the um uh the voice talents that came with that so stephen fry and zoe wanamaker which were two uh, especially at the time um quite sort of prominent 
um, voice actors and talent in um, sort of British pop culture. Um, to answer that question more broadly, Gamsley, I, it's a difficult one. I I personally don't feel that as much as other people on specifically the Twitter sphere talk about Xbox needing more of that. I'm o- I'm okay with with what it has, but I do okay. think it's a it's a gap that some other people may need satiating. What gaps do you perceive? Where where are you two at? For me, the, the obvious one first? for me, like, yeah, I'm going to go first. I'm not going to say virtual reality because that just gets people upset on the Xbox side of things. But obviously <laughs> virtual reality, give me my damn forza. Um, besides that, though, it's weird because I would say that the gap is Japanese RPGs for me. I see a lot of people saying um, third-person action games and all the rest of it. I've seen Patrick saying, like, more appliances. Toaster's not good enough for him. He wants a dishwasher as well. It's fantastic. For me, the thing with the Japanese couch, RPGs, though... An Xbox how about couch? Long. No couch? Come on, a car? Maybe, <laughs> I like, maybe a um, car. That's not been done before. An Xbox car. Yeah, why not? Just give me the VR. I don't need a car. I don't need to go anywhere. <laughs> the um, Japanese RPGs, though, because they haven't got first party, and that's going to be a challenge for them to to acquire anyone over there. But they're not leaving me wanting because they have they're making real strides and big efforts to bring Japanese RPGs via partners. Which is to me, I don't care if it's first party or not, as long as I get to play the game, right? So I wouldn't say it's a gap that they're not able to hit it's just it's not really part of the first party lineup at the moment um what about you gamsy what's missing what do you love the xbox can't okay. give you okay let's see um well xbox can definitely give us many things now with with the talent they have i'm gonna go with what i wish i saw in ip i wish i did have an action version of like a warcraft like, if you remade, like, let's say Warcraft 1, Orcs and Humans, right? If you came out here with Orcs and Humans, made it an actual coherent story instead of just clicking and killing things and building bases, you actually made it into a coherent story uh, with, like, God of War. I hate to bring up God of War, but let's say God of War-style combat uh, with big axes. It sells itself, right? It, it's super brutal. It's a interesting world, and Blizzard has done so much with lore and World of Warcraft that I think they could pull out any story they want and really make something interesting. So I would love to see a Warcraft, not World of Warcraft, just Warcraft, in a action setting uh i would really like uh, action adventure setting i would really like to see that and now they could make it happen maybe one day so i'm gonna answer with that uh in the easy answer that's that's not an easy answer at all um yeah i kind of (laughs) i loved the warcraft ip during the warcraft 3 era and i've seen world of warcraft and there's things i like about it and things i hate about that Mm -hmm. one but um it has and kind of kept is... that IP suppressed for a long time, hasn't it? Like, Warcraft is now... Combat there's is... a lot of people calling for another strategy game. Go on. Yeah. Com- combat is one of the problems, right, with it? it like, it hasn't evolved uh, with the times. I think Warcraft's, like, World of Warcraft even, uh, could do with a rehaul of the entire combat system. The tab targeting is very much outdated, and, and nowadays gamers could handle and want much more than that. Um, and I think there's interesting ways you can do it, not just cop out and and have it feel the same way, you know. Um, yeah. All right, let's go for 
Um, just just to keep the tone set, because we're an Xbox podcast, but we're not a cheerleading squad, right? We can talk about the negatives as no. well. So let's look at what Microsoft are doing and identify things that you don't like about their plans going forwards, which I haven't given you any forewarning on, so this is a little bit mean. But you're looking at Microsoft. We're talking about all the games <laughs> that they've got coming. You're talking about Game Pass and their impact on the industry. They're, they're buying up and owning and taking big chunks of it. So they are going to be a massive, significant player in this industry. Yeah. Are they doing anything that, that worries you? Anything that you're sceptical about? Anything that you're like guarded against? Deadly Headly. So, in terms of things that I'm guarded or sceptical about, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have to think about that for a sec. But the, the thing that I want Xbox to change and soon is messaging and clarity both towards its community and what its service offering is to people that sit outside of the Xbox ecosystem because I don't think it's getting that messaging right and I think it's a really difficult one to try and get right. Um, I want to see it bring content to Game Pass at a good cadence consistently, which it has started doing, and I want to see the fruits of that ABK labour, both, first of all, in terms of what from Activision's back catalogue can you start bringing into the service and how does that translate to the wider communication outside of the Twitter sphere and the podcasting space to the mainstream audience and the Norbies who know what Xbox is but don't necessarily know that the ABK sits under that umbrella. I think really my biggest beef with Xbox at the moment is its marketing and its communication, which feels like a bit of a cop-out answer, but it is sort of... It's the thing that I really wish they would do better at. In terms of something that I am wary of is we have... Xbox obviously has not had a perfect ride. It has not had a good ride. In fact, I think we we can all safely say that it is back on the up after quite a long and quite a deep, difficult and challenging slump. And that's good. But it needs to start landing its punches better and more consistently because that's the thing that it is yet to prove and it has started proving that with um the success of because i think starfield was successful there are lots and lots of loud angry people on the internet who will tell you that it wasn't but it was it did very well yes it could have been better yes it could have reviewed better but it made a lot of noise on the internet it had a lot of people talking about it it had a huge amount of brand power and recognition and like i've said that's something that xbox need to get better at so i think they did a really good job of going this is where starfield is this is where you play it um but we also in that same year we had things like redfall um and we have seen again with some of the layoffs and stuff like that we kind of just need them to we need to see them doing good stuff for a long time consistently without messing it up which is a lot to ask of anybody uh, and unfortunately, as a trillion dollar company gets even more trillion dollary, it means that there are more moving parts and more things can go awry. What are you going to say? Anything that like you dread in Microsoft's future? Uh, I I hate when companies like shift too much in their visions and it seems like xbox marketing and xbox speech has been shifting way too many times like first they're for cloud then they're not then 
you know, cloud is nothing. And then they want to sell consoles. And now they don't care about consoles. It's like, it's just stick. This, this company needs to act like it has the money and it has the talent. They do. They have the money. They have the talent. They have the people. They have the visionaries. Now, just put your foot on a certain pedal and go forward. It's really frustrating when, you know, your customers are being told that, you know, the console is the thing and look at our big console and it's most powerful and here we are. And then, you know, you bail on it or your messaging is that you're bailing on it. Um, I don't like the messaging. Um, I don't like the messaging with a lot of this, the stuff they say because I can't trust them to really put their foot on the pedal right now. With ABK, maybe that shifts, right? With ABK, maybe they're focused, and you saw that Satya's like earnings and all that he's focusing on is building the service now, or Phil's bonus is mm-hmm. on the service instead of the console sales. So maybe ever since ABK was purchased, they're really they really know what they want now. But I really hope they just keep their foot there instead of just like taking it off every time something gets a little iffy you know like a like a nervous driver you know i hate that stuff just just focus on the thing um yeah that that's like the broad broad problem i have with them um i i need them to go full throttle it feels like they need to not get comfortable don't they yes. do you think that sort of sums it up just just don't well, get comfortable keep well making... i mean well oh. maybe that that's the opposite way like too comfortable i want them to be I want them to be comfortable and move forward, you know, oh, yeah. comfortable, yeah, you, you comfortable, comfortable with their decision. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Don't get too comfortable because I mean, <clears throat> you know, their, their competition is about to really release some, we have, we have tons of rumors we're probably not going to talk about and I don't want to talk about them, but there's a bunch of stuff that competition are going to do and going to put out and, and, you know, they have a clear vision. Nintendo mm. knows who they are. PlayStation knows who they are. Uh, they know themselves. And I, it feels mm. like Microsoft is finally in the driver's seat. They're making moves. They're kicking people out that don't agree with the higher ups and, you mm. know, uh, uh, the umbrella that is Microsoft now. Um, so they seem like they're there. So I want to see it, you know? Yeah. If you're Do you saying think complacency if, might be a better term is so don't don't get complacent. Be comfortable, yeah. don't get complacent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. My yes, my concern and my skepticism is always going to be that Microsoft are a massive money hungry corporation and we're not. Yes. I, and that's through their communications with with Yeah, we're the core of their fan base at the moment and they're very good at in ways, very good at saying the right things to us and making us think that like they've got all of these big games and all of these big IPs and all of these developers and all this exciting mm-hmm. stuff going on with Game Pass, but you know that the people above them are looking at how much money is being made in the mobile space. And you know that the more they chase that, the less important we become as a focal point. Mm-hmm. And uh, and like it's almost best case for us is that the mobile thing isn't hugely successful, but if it isn't hugely successful, then they're just going to find more and more ways to squeeze us because they are ultimately yeah. they are microsoft and they are not in it to give us good games they are in it to, to wring us dry so i will always hold that as a skepticism and i'm not i'm not saying like they're going to do terrible things for as like i said at the start i'm not loyal but for as long as they're giving me what i want i'm very happy at the moment they are giving mm. me what i want but i i look at the future and go oh i hope they do like rein in what activision were doing and what most of the industry is doing and just keep delivering on mm. good games that certainly seems to be the intention, and those are, you know, the noises that have been made. Um, and I, I think, um, I had a point 
I lost it. It will come back. So, <laughs> yeah. So professional podcasting, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> it's um, okay. We all we all miss it. We are. We are. Um, it's gone. It's gone. No, move on. It's all good. Let me, no, let me then. Let's good. take that. Because one thing that I did notice there, right? None of us said um, that we're worried that they're going to bring it. games to PlayStation and Switch and all the rest of it. Uh, you can you can loop it back yeah. in because I'm going to ask this question. I'm going to go to you, Deadly Headley, and you can pull in the bit that you missed. But um, it's a big topic at the moment around like the, the core Xbox community because there's been lots of rumors. There's been rumors about, in fact, I'll bring up a trailer for Sea of Thieves in a minute, but Sea of Thieves in particular is very strongly rumored to be going to um, to PlayStation in particular. Um, Hi-Fi Rush is very strongly rumored to be going to various platforms. And my personal take on it, that doesn't that doesn't hurt me in any way, and I'm okay with it, but it is a controversial topic. So I want to know what side of that little discussion you both kind of fall on. But I'm going to go to you first, Deadly Headley, because you were, you'd just come to a realization on the previous one. So have at it. Um, so the the thing that I was trying to get at was um, fuck you put me on the spot again, man. <laughs> go go to Gamsley. Go to Gamsley. Ask Gamsley. The same <laughs> Gamsley oh, it's, it's Gamsley. Hi. Yes, it's me. Not G- Gamsley and and whatever Gamsley episode thirteen. Dave, whoever, whatever your name is, Tonio. Um, no, I. <sighs> Ace is asking some hard questions, man. This is <laughs> no, no, episode no. one. I have <laughs> <laughs> no. I. My God, my God, Ace. Uh, repeat the question. Uh, that was ages ago, I can't remember repeat. the damn question. I, th- I fire ah. out a difficult question <laughs> and then I just oh, yes, yes. put my Third feet party. up. Third like... party was the... <laughs> I got it. <laughs> Third, party. Yes. Third party stuff. Yes. No, I, I, I don't. I don't look. If if the okay, so if the objective is right, we want to grow. We want to be Game Pass. We want to be a service company first, right? And the box is sent it, uh, second. If that is the objective, and that's what they choose to put the, their foot on the pedal for, I really, I I don't care as long as it gets them where they need to be to be comfortable to give me games that I want to play. I don't. I really don't care specific games but i also don't want the console to go away so it's a really double edged blade right i don't know i don't know if i like that we uh, uh xbox console won't be around or might not be around or whatever in the future um because people stop buying their console or whatever i don't like that uh thought but if they have to do this and put their smaller games or you know every 3 years a game goes to another console or cloud because for for ubisoft right um just have it exclusive in ubisoft cloud or whatever to get it onto other consoles if they have to do that and it profits them then i don't have a problem i really don't man as long as i get the games and i get the 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 the, you know and and xbox consoles don't go away if we could have both i'm good i'm good because the console has to be there it's a dangerous step because i i I mean, as I said, everybody else has their identity. Everybody's solid. Everybody understands who they are. And it would be really weird for them to kind of just, with all of this promise, you know, have a message and an idea that they are a third party, you know, kind of thing too. Seems counter, you know, productive to me, but. 
thirdly, like the same question for you, but just add on to it. Like, do mm. you think there is any real risk that the console goes away? So, in terms of console going away, for the time being, no. Um, I know that some of the some of the hardware leaks and stuff that we saw earlier last year kind of indicated that um, Microsoft may be heading towards a, a cloud direction. Personally, I think that is quite far off because the infrastructure on a mass scale is very, very difficult to achieve. Um, in the UK alone, it can be quite unpredictable. If you live out in the sticks, you may only get, you might be lucky to get 10 meg. The street that my mum lives on and has lived on for over 20 years on certain with certain providers can still only get a 10 meg download um, unless she goes with a fiber optic provider. Um, that level of inconsistency makes cloud gaming quite challenging. And I know, Asa, you've been really, really vocal and you're probably going to prove me completely wrong with how well something like uh, GeForce Now works. But again, um, I know that uh, digital infrastructure in America is particularly challenged um, and getting that consistent level of um, experience on a cloud-based console is quite difficult to achieve. So I think for now, I don't think home consoles are going anywhere because it is Microsoft's most accessible jumping on platform and means to access Xbox as an ecosystem. It is a household name. People understand what mm -hmm. Xbox is. You assume it's a console because they have only done consoles for 20 years. The challenge, like I've said, is that Xbox now needs to start pushing or needs to start positioning as it already has done, but it needs to do a better job of positioning Xbox as a platform rather than just being a console. So no, I don't think the console is going away anytime soon because right now the best thing that Xbox has in its pocket is its own brand recognition. The best way of achieving better brand recognition, in my opinion, is delivering better games that can only be found on that platform, which very neatly and beautifully brings me into third party conversation because it has been on the Twitter sphere for a while and it is a bit ridiculous and a bit exhausting. We will probably see Sea of Thieves as a multiplayer game go to other platforms. I actually fully expect to see Hi-Fi Rush launch on the Switch at some point because I actually think it would do really, really well. Um, I think it's really important to remember the case-by-case -case basis that we have heard and requoted quite a lot because I think that's very, very accurate. And Satya Nadella has also echoed similar sentiments in recent interviews that he's done when talking about, obviously, ABK games are now all technically first-party Microsoft titles. But, of course, some of those are going to go to the PlayStation. They've already said that that's going to happen. Um, you know, we and if they were really, really hell-bent on going, nope, these are ours now. They're obviously not going to start pulling things like Call of Duty and Diablo, but a, a different, more evilly, con a more evil uh, inclined Microsoft could quite happily just go, nope, they're ours now, have fun, bye. Um, which obviously that, that isn't going to happen. Um, in terms of things like, because I know Starfield gets thrown out a lot about potentially going to PlayStation and people have tried sort of propagating that sort of rumor and stuff. It, it, it's crap. Because you can't, Xbox has had to rely on a big title like Starfield to go, this is Starfield, you can only get this on either Xbox or PC, 
that's our whole thing. That's why we spent just over $7 billion on um, acquiring Bethesda, so that other platforms don't start money hatting games that we would quite like to give our customers. Um, this very beautifully brings me into the thing that I forgot twice. Fuck knows how. <laughs> but I have written it, down, written it down because this is professional podcasting. They are all in on gaming, and that is the thing that I think is really positive from Xbox. With the money that they have spent, they're very, very much speaking with their wallet. They want this to... This is a long-term arm for Microsoft, and we have seen this week that it is doing very, very well for them, and it is a very, very important financial pillar within the wider Microsoft picture. Um, I do think that at some point we may see Starfield go to PlayStation. And oh, by, whoa, 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 hot take. By that, <laughs> if it did happen, it would be a 10-year anniversary edition in the same way as we have seen something like Skyrim go over to Nintendo. It's certainly okay. not going to happen this generation. It just won't. Can I, can I hop off uh, uh, Headley for a second, Asa, before you take it? Mm, of course you can. Um, so talking about the earnings, the earnings were pretty gigantic, huh? They were like, what? Uh, mm. They they passed um, Windows now, right? To be the mm -hmm. third most profitable <laughs> division for the, for, mm. for Microsoft. No, there's a key word there that might get challenged, but yeah. Yeah, okay. Third biggest um, on revenue. <laughs> okay, there you go. Um, sorry about that. Uh, but they're, they're really big, and that brings me to the next point where all the way at the bottom in revenue is Surface, right? And I'm going to lead into that. So everybody's scared of the console going away and et cetera, et cetera. They had this massive quarter and they had, well, two massive quarters already in a row. Um, they have so much success. I really do think them scaling down on Surface isn't a coincidence. I think they scaled down on Surface because what if... Like, what if we just bolster Xbox, right? What if we take that surface money that's basically failing, right? Uh, they've tried for a long time to make surface a big thing like MacBooks, right? But it's not really happening for them. What if we take some of that money and we focus on Xbox hardware and Xbox development? And I think that's what they're going to do. I wouldn't be surprised if we see a handheld, right? I wouldn't be surprised if we see... Uh, their next developed Xbox for next generation come quicker than last time, last generation or this generation. I wouldn't, I wouldn't, uh, I, I wouldn't doubt it. I, I think it's an easy thing: scale down on the surface, sell more Xboxes at some point when ABK is associated with our box a little bit more in three years. You know, in three years, everybody's going to associate Activision Blizzard with us. We're going to have household names. We're going to have the mindshare back Bethesda. We're going to have all these things that made the 360 era great. This is all in Phil's head. Um, and we're going to come out with a bang with the next generation. And why squander your chances of that next generation being gigantic and having your box in every house? Like, why? You know, I still don't get the argument. But anyways, yeah, mm. I said what I had to say. So consoles is a weird one because it's not um, it's not like an appetizing market to the big players. You don't see Amazon trying to chase the console space or Google or Apple mm -hmm. or any of them because um, it is. It is limited. It hasn't seen significant growth across the board. I'm not talking Xbox specifically, but but home consoles. 
is not like a growing market, especially when there are more and more kind of viable alternatives emerging, be it like mobile devices or cloud streaming or whatever else it may be. Um, but it is still one of the, it's like it's the core game ex experience. Like the reason that Microsoft went into doing an Xbox in the first place is they wanted to take over the living room specifically. And that is still a goal and the console is still very valid for that. It is still always going to be like a, a worthwhile on-ramp. If you're looking at ways to get into the Xbox ecosystem, buying a console is one of the easiest ones to do it not the easiest it's a barrier it costs a significant amount of money for a lot of people but it's one of the easiest ways you know what you're getting you go and get it and you play some games on it and you're in the xbox ecosystem so even if they went and i'm not saying they're doing this by any stretch but even if they went 100 like all of our games are everywhere the console would still be part of the agenda like it's not it's not going it's not it just isn't not anytime soon not in the next yeah. 10 years there'll be at least another generation um agreed and they are going to chase other things and even if so if they went fully third party if they said all of our new games are going day and date to other consoles and this is the scary hypothetical for a lot of people i'm definitely not saying this is what microsoft are doing i can absolutely assure you though that they will not um they're not going to give up their their hold on having a platform and an ecosystem of their own they're not going to treat other platforms like their own it's just there's, there's no way in hell because they don't want you buying your ea games on a playstation mm-hmm that would be a disaster yeah. for Microsoft. So they are going to protect and claw and fight with everything they've got, whether it be a hardware ecosystem or a wider thing. Microsoft are going to treat Xbox players as Xbox players. So mm. There's nothing like scary in their future for me and the whole third party conversation. They can do what they think is going to make them the most money. And I said earlier, my most like my biggest concern or skepticism of Microsoft is that when they are chasing money, we will lose out. This is not one of those things that I'm concerned about. Like We don't lose out. Whatever they do for me, I'm going to get these games. I'm going to play them. I'm going to have a great time. So, let's have. Well said. Unless you want to respond to any of that, we're going to have a hard break. And we're going to move on to the Suicide Squad piece reviews. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, yeah, cool. Deadly Headly, did you want to lead on this one? This is the one that I had earmarked as you, and I might have been completely wrong. <laughs> um, I can I can open it up. So I I did scribble some stuff down. I could, uh, I, I could yell at the chat if you need more time, you know what I mean? Because I don't want to yell okay. at chat. Oh, you, can lull, you can yell at chat if you want. Yeah. <laughs> okay, you know what? I will yell at one thing. <laughs> Surface uh, is failing. That's all. all right. <laughs> leave that there. <laughs> Next. That's going to lose its mind. Um... <laughs> So I think that the biggest the biggest story of the week, aside from Suicide Squad coming out, is the review controversy that has come with it. Uh, first of all, very few, if any, review codes were sent to any publisher. It wasn't just IGN, but IGN and possibly Eurogamer. I can't remember if they also posted an article or not, but some publications started making a bit of a stink about it, which... I think probably isn't very helpful because unfortunately we live in a world where people only read the headline. Um, it is currently, so really it's only been reviewed in early access because officially it launches tomorrow. Um, it is currently reviewing at a 61 on Metacritic, but that is only based on five reviews. So I think it's quite difficult to really get like a true picture of where the average review score is sat. Um, 
it's had a poor start due to uh, server issues, which is unfortunate, as well as a bug that immediately allowed a player to end the game, as in complete the game, the moment they started it. So it's had a lot of flack and attention from the wrong angles, rightly or wrongly. Um, you know, I haven't played any of Suicide Squad, so I, I can't I can't judge on it. Um, I think it looks okay. It's not something that I'm itching to go and buy, um, but it looks like a thing that would be fun to play with friends. It does look like a DC-skinned crackdown. Don't necessarily think that's a bad thing, but I really, really feel for anybody who is a, rock, a Rocksteady fan, because that seems to be the most vocal corner on the internet against Suicide Squad. Um, generally... It seems to have quite a short story, uh, a, quite a short story, and is very heavy on cutscenes. Um, and has so Xbox Zero um, compared it quite closely to um, a lot of loot-based games similar to something like Destiny, and did say that as a loot-based game, it does quite a good job. So I think broadly we can expect a a pretty mixed bag as far as reviews go. Um, have either of you guys played it? I know, Asa, you played the... Did you play the I alpha? I played the beta, the alpha, whatever it was. Yeah, I'm actually, I'm really... Um, I hadn't seen that content from Xbox era. I'm actually really curious about it being a good loot-based shooter because everything on the surface mm -hmm. of it... I know you can get cosmetic outfits and things, but everything on the surface of it, I would have thought, falls into the same kind of bag as Avengers where the loot is just some numbers and you don't actually see the impact of it. It doesn't, mm -hmm. am I wrong? Can you, can you can't change your weapons and gear up your character in a meaningful way, can you? That, that was the impression that I got from Xbox Series Review. That yes, you can grind your kit. And if you like the grindy, looty, shootery stuff, this actually does quite a good job. Again, they compared it quite closely to something like Destiny, mm -hmm. which I, I didn't expect to be fair. But I think when you launch a live service game with a fairly short campaign, that's kind of where you're going to end up. Um, yeah. so the short campaign on... versus grindiness is something that I typically don't like in games. So for me, like the crux of that loot thing, whether that's a right or wrong comment, if you can get a gun and equip it and that gun fires differently to the one that you had before, then it's effectively a loot to shooter. If you're just grinding stats, that's different, mm. and that's that's other people have have criticised a lot of games for doing that. I actually don't know which camp um, mm. Suicide Squad falls into, but I yeah, haven't I seen need, anything I to suggest it was meaningful. Yeah, that's right. The, the topic was more so like as we go forwards. I very much prefer talking about games wherever possible, but we haven't played this one. And in this in this case, there can is I, a lot of interest around in? the way that the reviews. You certainly can. Can I jump in? I'm sorry. This is a terrible time to jump in. But before you do that, because I know where the conversation is going to go, um, I I played a little bit of it, and I think I identified a little bit of a problem here. Because, okay, first off, I had a blast. So if we are doing the looter-shooter type kind of feel, right, it's, it's amazing. Like, it really is fun. It's satisfying. But the problem is that it's not even Avengers, right? What I'm identifying is that you're playing Harley Quinn and a big-ass shark and all this stuff, right? The best thing about Avengers and what Avengers had going for it um, was that you really did have Thor throw a hammer, 
right? You had Captain America doing these crazy tricks and throwing shields. You Everything to expect from a hero, right? And what I'm seeing as a common theme is like, oh, you know, it's it's not a superhero game and oh, it's too looter shootery, but it's really like, I think people just want to play the heroes. Like if you stripped all of this out, right? If you strip the looter shooter thing out, which I think was really meant to compete with Marvel, this game was in development for a very long time, right? So, and it was at a time where live service were booming and everybody was chasing it and poor Rocksteady was uh, dragged into it. I truly don't think they wanted to make a game like this, but kind of like Crystal Dynamics with Marvel. Um, they were just so deep in it that I don't think they had a chance or a choice. But if they came out here and they really stripped out all of that, I think this game would have been crazy. Like if Harley Quinn could just do Harley Quinn stuff instead of shooting the same gun that a shark could shoot or that boomerang can shoot and you, you, you have more than one differentiating kind of skill, like throwing your boomerang and, and teleporting to it and Harley doing her little bouncy thing. I don't know but, uh, and But focused really on the abilities themselves and what these superheroes are known for, I think it would have been a bigger hit because it really truly is fun. And the personalities, by the way, I don't know, we touched on it. The personalities are great, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I don't, you didn't no. play it much, but... From what I could tell, I was having fun with hearing them and and all that stuff. Like the acting is great. So there's a lot of stuff, conflicting stuff. And I don't know why companies do it anymore. And I think the next, like hopefully Rocksteady gets another chance and Crystal gets another chance with these superhero games. Because I think they just, they, they don't want, they shouldn't be live service games. I think superhero games should just be superhero games. Anyways, yes, like, review. That's interesting to me because the the your take on it was quite different to mine in almost everything that you said just then. Um, you said that you liked the characters and sense of humor and stuff. And when I played the Alpha Rebatery mm-hmm. thing, that was one of my least favorite elements. Like it, it for me, you it didn't just like the, all fell short. The tone was very much like like, the... like it was shooting for Guardians of the Galaxy and not nailing it. But it's a difficult thing because you get an hour with these characters and oh, it's, yeah. it's a very, very difficult thing to introduce humor and endear you to a character in that space of time. For me, it didn't do it. And I was like, I didn't condemn it for that because it might be that I play it for a few hours and I look back and go, wow, I wasn't very good. Like I didn't particularly like the yeah, first episode maybe... of Futurama. And then I can go back and watch the yeah, first episode yeah. of Futurama now and I love it. But when it was fresh, it's like, oh, it's not it's not hitting like The Simpsons did. Um it's hard to deliver mm. humor in the first little belt of time. Um, whereas mm. the the characters and their like how how different they are to play, I thought they actually had gone into quite reasonable mechanical depth insofar as you can. You still got this issue where all of yeah, the characters have to be broadly the same speed; they have to be able to traverse together. But they did feel yeah, different. And, and I didn't feel like they were using the same. Still, right? That's holding, weird. I'm a big shark. I'm going to shoot you. I've got all of these teeth. Yeah, I'm going to yeah. shoot you. But you see what I mean? Yeah. yeah, but you see you see what I mean? It's like Thor in Avengers shot his hammer. Everything was the hammer. Mm. Everything was abilities. Everything were skills. You see Thor doing. You, you could play Thor, right? And and in this, it's just like, well, I mean, everybody's going to be a sniper. You know, the shark's going to be a sniper. You know, if you get a sniper, a mm. good sniper, he's going to be a sniper. Uh, he's a shark sniper. <laughs> How many times can I say shark? You're about to find out. Uh, but yeah. <laughs> Um, I don't know. I, I think that was a mistake. I think they should have really not done that. But what else are you going to do, right? I, I don't know. So, 
Anyways, reviews. Pulling it back, though, because, yeah, none of us have actually played much Suicide Squad. So pulling it back from there, don't take our our words of wisdom as a as a ultimate judgment because we haven't got that far. Which kind of leads on to the point, though, ultimate judgments and reviews, um, there's been a whole lot of controversy or controversy, depending on your region and dialect, um, around the way that Warner Brothers handled Suicide Squad and its reviews. So as they said earlier, it didn't go out ahead of time to to many people at all. Um, and part of that, some people attribute it, attributed that to it being a live service game and the servers not being on, but that's mm. that's an easy way out. It's not like they could put the servers on for the journalists if they wanted to. Warner Brothers have made a, a deliberate decision not to send this game out early for review. And there's an open conversation on whether that's okay. Like, as a publisher, you can argue what is and isn't in their best interest, and you can have, this is potentially, we could probably make this like a six-hour topic if we wanted to, because reviews around video games and the way that the industry handles it and what's right and what's wrong and who you trust are all different avenues that you can explore. But let's um, try and keep it to, just for today, I'm sure we're going to revisit this, but try and keep it to um, whether Warner Brothers should be lambasted for this behavior or whether they're well within their right to to keep these games back. What do you reckon, Deadly Headley? They are within their rights, but I don't think it's a good look. Um, I think it might have been a bit silly because, the, and the reason for that is because there was already a lot of reticence around this game. I, I think really right back from when we first saw gameplay at that Sony State of Play, was that beginning of last year? And really, the the noises and the rumblings since have all been not quite sure about that. Um, the battle pass decision, the live service decisions, all of those things um, weren't like they're just not met gratefully by gamers these days. Full stop. Like nobody likes that in games anymore. We've all had enough of it. There are too many live services as they go, and they all ask for more and more out of your pocket in the middle of a cost of living crisis it sort of enough is enough do you know what i mean but they kind of went you were so far down this development rabbit hole we we can't u-turn so we won't u-turn um and then after that period of uncertainty for quite some time around the title they then go by the way we're not sending any review codes out and this is after uh, and again, I, I put this down to timing. I don't necessarily blame one particular publication, but um, I, I think we also got quite a lot of noise made about um, IGN's preview article, basically quite openly saying, and I watched it earlier um, just to, to uh, listen to what was said in that review because they did like a, a recorded version of the written article that Destin had written. Um, that has three quarter of a million views on YouTube. The actual review... 10% of that. And I think, first of all, that sets quite a dangerous precedent that a big publisher can, uh, or a, a big publication can quite happily go, we played this game and we didn't like it after, <laughs> um, after there has been so much sort of discourse around the game. And then for the review codes not to go out, it's sort of a series of unfortunate events that looks quite bad. Mm-hmm. I'm going to come back to that, but Gavis, well you take that first. No, man, that, he said everything. That that was well said. I, I 
it's really hard for me to, with this. I, I think, you know, the reason why we cling on to IGN or not to call out specific, but certain review sites, the reason why we do that is because at first, you know, when they start to grow, uh, they really do. They grew at a different time as well, where you can only get this type of stuff from these types of places. And you really had to be good at doing it. You really had to know, you really had to have that skill and, and people, you know, <laughs> there was really talented people in, in IGN when it started and versus now where it's a mixed pot in a different age and, and what gets the algorithm going is, is a better solution than actually writing a good article nowadays. Um, I, they could do whatever they want. I think it's a bad idea to not give your codes. Again, I don't necessarily think the people that are speaking out about it, um, like Destin and, and IGN, like they sent out tweets, right? The the the, the publisher and, and Destin, they, they, sent, they sent out tweets saying, you know, they didn't have a code and Destin said something like, you know, a line about um, uh, it's not a good look and blah, blah, blah. I don't, like, I don't disagree with them it's not a good look mm. if if you're hiding a code right it's not a good look um no, don't not. do that you know don't do that you need to get your game out there and 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 promote it and just make a solid game right that's the the if you didn't make a solid game back in the day you'd be dead your game would fail right um today you have an opportunity to make well you should make a good game and you should have the as much eyes on it as possible and these review sites really do uh, enable that i think the deeper issue is that destin and these guys that work in ign right now a lot of ign and a lot of big publications they're not personalities like the youtuber right they're not they're not they're not they're not meant to give their opinions outside of the publication right it's like a new thing with Twitter and, and, and social media that they can do that openly and get the same traction. They really have to watch. There's a common thread. They really just have to watch what they say when they're not doing it in a, a, a professional type environment because you could really mess up your environment. You could really mess up that website. You know, there's nothing wrong with most of the articles that come out of IGN. What does really ruin these reviewers and these review sites is the personalities saying weird stuff outside of the company and outside of professionalism you know when they're heated you know like destin went on a huge rant about this game right huge rant ended up liking it and then was like oops i was in my feelings right and it's just like yeah but how about just not not tweeting you know when you're writing mm. professionally um you sit there you're not in front of a camera and you could write you know, you have your your thoughts, you could think on it, you could stew on it, and then you make a nice, well-written article and you send it out and you, you, you know, you have time to breathe. But like in, in these rage tweets, you don't do that. You, you go on Twitter, you say what's on your mind immediately, and then it backfires. So anyways, I, I, I just, Same. I think the whole, I, I think the whole review thing, um, the code's not going out. Uh, it's their right. It's not, I agree. It's not a good look. Um. Do you think, like, we haven't got data to, to really determine this, like, for a fact, but is your gut feeling that them not sending out reviews for Suicide Squad will have ultimately hurt its, its scoring in those reviews while people have marked it down because they're bitter? 
I would like to I, think that they didn't. I would like to think I, that they wouldn't. I don't think so, man. I don't... Sorry, Heedley. Go ahead. Heedley. I, so, I, <laughs> I... I would like to think that they wouldn't, but we have also, in the last year or so, seen the Metro mark hi-fi rush down because xbox didn't put much out so right, so this is <laughs> I, I phrased it as a simple question right like do you think it's been marked down for this but what i'm ultimately asking there is do you believe in objectivity does like does it exist within gaming journalism is really what that uh, comes down to like i i it's a tippy scale because at the end of the day these guys are fans like it's their fans like us right they 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 cover things they like they cover systems they like they have a bias inherent bias right that that shows in any form anytime um i i think it's almost impossible to be 100 percent like objective about things like yeah there has to be a bias somewhere it's a tough question asa man i, I quite like how special nick from xbox era puts this um xbox games typically are reviewed accurately and fairly playstation games are reviewed like ads they are marked way higher mm. than they should be and I will, I will die on that hill. I don't think that Spider-Man 2 should have been given a 10 by anybody because it wasn't one. I don't think it should have been given a 9 because it wasn't one. At best, it was an 8. And it was, it was like, it was, it was a reasonable 8. It wasn't a 10. And what bothers me about the review space in games, especially, because I know we we're going to try and not just pit platforms against each other, but in this space, it also sort of seems to be par for the course. Um, I feel like high marks are handed out too easily by journalists for one particular platform versus another. And I would like to see that course corrected. I'm not sure if it will be. Do you know what? Mm. We'll save the Xbox tax conversation for another one because um, we did say two hours as our target time. Reviews in particular, um, <laughs> I'm just like, I personally don't feel that objectivity particularly exists within the review space. I think it's, it's a really, really difficult mm. thing to achieve and reviewing video games is massively complicated yeah. and i actually i have a lot of feelings and a lot to say and i do reviews myself i reviewed spider-man um you should watch it you'd probably find it quite interesting i think um there's a whole heap wrong in the way that people approach reviews and i am going to talk for like three days if i get into it so i'm not going to get into it today we'll try and keep some of that back um what we are going to do for those that don't know um there's a there is a q a box we probably can't do everything in there i've got um either in the background is going to filter them out now that she's back uh if you if you two are okay to to start bringing this to an end we'll start going through the questions yeah well yeah good. one i have one clean thing to say about you it. Might. Go for um, it you know the the whole the whole rev holding back codes reviewing can it be objective or not so two things have to happen to, to well one thing has to happen for, to change it right uh, first off, we have to understand that both these companies, WB is gigantic, so is IGN, right? So I'm not going to fight for WB or IGN. Screw that. If we want the review process to change, review sites, right? Everybody has to go at the same time and refuse codes. 
So what's going to happen is that Xbox doesn't send codes. WWE doesn't send codes. Everybody starts rebelling. And then the whole reform starts to happen. And that is devastating and hard to do. And we're just going to have to find a way around it. Um, we're going to have to find maybe just stick a stay away from the numbered review and stop with the aggressive language and just make good games. Just make good games. All right. And share it with everybody. I disagree with everything said. No, that's not true. I, I like the good games Excellent. part. Um, we're going to talk about reviews more another time. Um, Isla, could you mm. kindly put up the first of our questions, please? What we're going to do, um, I don't know how many, how many we're going to cover, but we've got like 10 or 15 minutes until we close off. So we'll see if we can get through these. Game Antonio has asked, Xbox needs to play nice with Meta Quest. Imagine the possibilities. That's not a question, but for either of you two, do you have a quest? Do you want to see Xbox like play nice with them? Um, I do not have a quest. I I would like to play some VR soon i've played vr a couple of times but it's been a long time um i think i i don't know do you, i'm gonna flip this background on you do you think that xbox could do well in the vr space because i i can't ask you do you want to see vr on xbox? nobody can do well in the yes. vr space my, my take mm -hmm. on it is that with microsoft being the biggest most valuable company in the world should be trying to pioneer that space there isn't a space yeah. to do well in at the moment, but if anyone should mm -hmm. be trying, like they're the ones that could prove it out. They're the ones that could say, this is Forza Horizon 5 in virtual reality. Look how freaking awesome it mm -hmm. is. And they could make a significant difference into in that space if they wanted to. My, my running theory is that, because they were all in on it for a little while. They said, here's Project Scorpio. It's like high fidelity virtual reality. Xbox is going to do all of this stuff. And then Phil Spencer tried it. It made him feel sick and he canceled all of their plans forever. That's my serious theory Dude. on what, what happened internally at Xbox around virtual reality, and How I don't think we're going to see anything from them anytime soon. How much does Facebook On virtual reality, minus freaking loads. They've lost billions on it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so, well, then... I think that's as much as we're allowed to talk about virtual reality on our yeah. Xbox Focus podcast. Let's next. have a look at the next question. <laughs> Boozy the Clown is asked, one. can Starfield be fixed with a question mark so do you think it needs to be fixed and do you think it will be fixed do you think reception is going to turn around for it i'm gonna take this uh, yes i well first off fixed is like <laughs> defined fixed uh if you're talking about bugs and stuff yeah it could be fixed if you're talking about like traversal and overall the look of the game um it's a little bit more difficult but yeah it could be fixed uh, I think Starfield was a pleasant game. I think it was a really well um, made game in RPGs in an RPG sense. Um, the traversal, though, is the main hardship for me, like in space, space traversal. I should have mentioned that space traversal mm -hmm. for me was a letdown. You know, I think like all of us have the same complaint. I think like the loading screens were a little bit too much. Um, that's a huge undertaking. It can be fixed. Uh, it would just take a hell of a lot of effort and a lot of DC, <laughs> DLC packs, <laughs> but it can be fixed. Yeah, give it. Like, I love three hours for a good modder. It'll be done. <laughs> 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 um, I I love Starfield. Um, 
I reviewed it at an eight, which I think typically is sort of where it reviewed generally, and I think it's a very, very fair score. Um, it was not perfect, but I don't consider it a game that needs to be fixed. I've seen some clickbaity thumbnail headlines and stuff saying that um, Starfield can never be fixed or Starfield is is permanently flawed, et cetera, et cetera. There are only so many ways that you can skin a cat and deliver a game like Starfield. And the biggest complaint by far was the repetitive sequence of things like uh, shortcut scenes and menus and loading screens, et cetera, et cetera. The thing that I said in my review that I will always go back to is, yes, that illusion does start to wear off after a few hours. But just because mm. you know how the sausage is made, it doesn't mean that you can't enjoy it. I really liked everything that Starfield had to offer. I liked walking through desolate planets. I liked going resource mining and just listening to a podcast or um, tinkering with, outso uh, with outpost building, which definitely does need to be improved. Um, the biggest one for me, there's two things that I would like to see change in Starfield. One is a lot more, one is, I think is deliverable. The other one isn't. The one that I think is deliverable is planetary traversal needs to be a hell of a lot better. And I would love to see some sort of like Star Wars style land speeder or something like that, or at very least just a decent upgrade to the jetpack that actually lets you make ground because it's really tedious. And the whole, mm. you don't need a vehicle because you can use a jetpack just feels like a really mm -hmm. cheap cop out because we had <laughs> horses in Skyrim and they worked fine. Um, it just feels like a bit of a half-assed, yeah, we cut this corner, but we don't really want to fix it. Um, the other thing is space, time in space feels a bit redundant unless you're in combat because you can't really go anywhere. And that's the thing that it, it unfortunately doesn't deliver that feel like you are making distance and covering ground. And again, said that quite clearly in my review as well. You can... There was an instance where basically I, I sort of outlined in my review, you could either walk to your, I, I was on um, Paradiso in the Paramus system. I could walk to my ship. I could get in it. I could go and select the Alpha Centauri system. I could then go and find Jemison and then I could go and land and then I could walk to the lodge. I could go and do all those things and I'd have a billion fucking cutscenes and loading screens in between. Or I can literally just fast travel all the way to the front door of the lodge and break that illusion entirely. There's nothing that you can do to fix that. If if you're not bothered by that, which I'm, I'm particularly not, it's okay. But the lack of being able to cover, you can't really cover ground in space, but the lack of being able to do anything significant in space in terms of how you move, where you move, what you do when you're in space other than combat, it's a bit limiting. Dave Mack and Mav have solved it together. Mav says that um, oh. the game that they need to fix and give attention to is Forza. And then Dave has come up with the answer. You just stick the Forza cars in Starfield and you got both of them covered. <laughs> Undusted drive on them. First off, first off, where was your snarky come back to this long fire reach around of a question <laughs> answer? Huh? Where were I'm looking? I'm looking at you, Asa. I want you to say, well, that was a 
long reach around for a simple question. Say it. That's, that, that's not an expression that I would use willingly. <laughs> um, but yeah, thank you for the life story. Let's go. Next question, please. I'm quite wary if someone I, offers I, me a reach around. I agree. For, for, first off, uh, Headley, I agree with everything you just said. It was well put. And I like thank your you. voice. I don't like Oh, Aces, right. That's enough, Gamsley. Come tea. on. RF has asked, what made you three decide to do a podcast together? Did you all know each other before this? Oh, there's a good question. Um, yes. So Acer from us. my perspective, yeah, I, well, yeah, ultimately that did happen. Um, <laughs> there's a lot of reasons from my perspective. I'm doing a lot with this channel, but in the run up to it, I invited Gamsey to have a talk and we had a good talk about um, accessibility and, and things like that um, for a good couple of hours. and. I got to the end of it and I thought, mm, do you know what, That's, it was nice, it was a good chat, but there's definitely more to this guy than accessibility representative, right? He's got a lot going on, he's a competitive athlete and he's a World of Warcraft gladiator and all of this kind of stuff. Yeah. And I want to talk to him more about this competitive angle. And then, and then Gamsley asked me if he could come on the channel during Developer Direct to do some responses. And I was like, do you know what, how about you come on the channel every week? And then from there I was like, oh. Who should I get on? Who's going to compliment? That's <laughs> quick. Yes. And I thought, who can we get on? Like, who's going to round it out and compliment this little little thing that we got going on? And Deadly Headley was like the first person that I asked, and he immediately said yes. So I'm really, really grateful to both of them, as I've said before. I'm very, very fortunate that this is going to be a great podcast going forwards. Today, I think, um, hopefully you've seen a little bit of it. Um, we started quite high stress Some things went wrong right before it started and it took us a good 10 or 15 minutes to get rolling. But I think, yeah, oh, it's yeah. been smooth. It's I been lost. good, these conversations. I lost my speech in the middle. I lost my speech in the middle there. Jesus, I can't talk around in a circle yeah. saying nothing. Anyways, next. <laughs> yeah, okay, next question. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, no regrets so far, Dave. I'm sorry. I know he's a bit mean to you sometimes. Made you play no, League of Legends for hours sorry, and hours and hours. Not he's not sorry. sorry, Dave. You know, Dave, I hate you. Anyways, next Episode question. 13, brand new member of the channel. Uh, great show, liking the chemistry and knowledge. Keep up the good work. And how's the ducks? I've not been outside to see the ducks. I told you it's been high stressed. I had the, um, the Go Mecha Ball playing on my screen for three hours. The ducks have had to feed themselves. Um, that's a good point, though. We were going to talk a little bit Game Pass. Let's get through these questions. Then you can do your Game Pass picks, and then we'll be off for the night. Uh, next question, please. And I look, if you could give me an indication of how many more good ones there are, just so we can try and pace it and time it. Oh. Joshua H has asked, what advice would you give a small streamer trying to grow? Oh, there's a hell of a question. Hmm. So that is really, really difficult. Streamer is quite broad as well, so it depends on what platforms you're going on. Um, typical advice, particularly if you're looking at Twitch, is stop looking at Twitch. Like be on Twitch, but you cannot grow on Twitch by just being there. So you need to look at as many other platforms as you can. You need to be using your Twitter and your YouTube and trying to reach as many people as possible. Ultimately, though, you can do it for a very, very long time without getting anywhere at all. Um, so you need to, to genuinely enjoy it. You need to genuinely enjoy it. Have a good time, relax, talk to people, get to know them. That's the best advice that I can give you, but you shouldn't take it because I'm not a big streamer. If I knew what I was doing, I'd be a big streamer, right? Have either of you two got any like profound advice for people that are trying to start up in streaming or content creation in general? 
I'll I'll leave uh, this to Deadly. So uh, I have not tried. I've not tried streaming. Truth, truth be told, I'm incredibly new to this. Like I said at, at the start, I I started. I jumped into the content space in July. Um, part of the reason, honestly, why it has gone so well for me is because I I do know what I'm doing. Um, and that first and foremost is a really, really good place to start. If you know how to edit, you know how to write, and you know you have a good knowledge and more importantly, passion for the thing that you're doing, whatever it is on YouTube, and you keep showing up and you keep being consistent, you'll be fine. I still struggle with that consistency personally because the, you know, the reality of it is this stuff takes a, a lot of time and a lot of work and a lot of learning. It's a really, really big learning process. But the thing that I would say to anybody thinking about starting content creation is whatever you do, learn from the last thing you did, try and apply it to the next one and keep going. Profound. Good and Gansley says good stuff. Right, next question, please. <laughs> Yeah, it is difficult if you enjoy it just keep at it it will grow eventually but it's i can't and have fun with it that's really important Yo, that... like, i i love making content i have so much fun because it allows me to be expressive and be creative which is something that i do day to day anyway but i get mm. to do it for me and i get to do it for something that i'm passionate about and that's really the most important thing enjoy what you do have fun with it commit to it and love it don't commit to it if you I don't like nothing. it. <clears throat> so that was <laughs> that was the questions for today. What we're going to do before we do our outros, we're going to go into um, Gamsley. You had some games that you wanted to pick out, um, some Game Pass choices. Yeah, yeah. So in in this show, we're going to like pick some. Uh, the panel will pick some um, Game Pass games uh, every week and and try to recommend you some. I recommended it on the top of my uh, intro, um, but. Uh, my weekly uh, recommendation is going to be Go Mecha Ball. I really love Go Mecha Ball. Go Mecha Ball is fantastic. It's a lovely little game. I compared it to Hades in the way you progress, right? So um, every time you get to an end of a level, you'll have to choose one of three uh, upgrades or one of three guns um, and you go forth, right? Uh, enemies will drop guns and that's how you kind of discover more weapons to be upgraded or dropped or whatever. Uh, so you that's how you progress. And the bosses are fun. It's chill. It's basically um, not ping pong. <laughs> <laughs> pinball. What's pinball. the one with the little button? Pinball. There you go. It's basically pinball, uh, bullet hell. Just go in there and have some fun and wreck some stuff. The bosses are shiny and fun, and you're you're gonna have a great time. Go do that. I could Just... recommend it with uh, three thumbs that I don't have. Yeah, nobody's got three thumbs, Gandhi. Does the um yeah. does the ball have like weight and momentum, or is it quite snappy and responsive? Very snappy and responsive, but there's different balls. Pause. Uh, there's different uh, types of uh, <laughs> <laughs> mechs that you could uh, have, and they all have different weight to them. So it's really nice. Go have some fun. The, the story is nowhere. <laughs> Don't play this for a story. Just play this for fun. So that's my pick of the week. Fun's worthwhile. Um, 
Deadly Headly, do you have any picks for the week? I know you've been a bit busy, so you might not have touched them, but anything? There is there is one interesting game that I wanted to flag, um, and the only reason why I tried it was uh, because my friend Josh, who I believe may be in the chat, so shout out to him if he is, um, otherwise I'm sure he'd be listening after the fact, um, asked me if I wanted to try out a game called Hell Let Loose with him. So I said yes, because I quite like shooters. Um, I hadn't really looked into it until I started playing it. It is an Unreal Engine 4 game. It was published by Team 17. Um, and if I'm going to summarise it in a nutshell, it is a visceral portrayal of World War II. It is a first-person shooter, very, very similar to something like Battlefield. Visually, it is extremely impressive. Um, it is very, very immersive, and it is hard it is not an easy shooter. You're not even told. You're not even given the feedback when you get a kill. The first the first kill I got, which was after about four games, um, mm. the only reason why I found out that I'd killed the dude was because an achievement popped. It is sort of as grounded as you could get to a World War II game. And if you're interested in it, I'd go and I'd go and check it out. It's on Game Pass, like I said. Um, it is challenging, so prepare yourself for that. But I was really blown away with, first of all, the visual presentation and the grounded visceralness of it. Um, and I thought it was really interesting. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to shout that out. Does it have like a campaign or is it purely multiplayer? Purely multiplayer. Oh, it's so cool. That looks like a blast. Uh, I, I need to pick this up. It looks so good, man. Like it, oh. it's crazy how good it looks. Um, nah, and it also Mecha Ball sort of is better. encourages yeah. it, Mecha Ball looks really fun. Um, <laughs> what I did quite like about um, Hell Let Loose <laughs> is that it encourages you to play without a HUD as well. So there's like a, a controller shortcut where you can I think you hold the uh, the right D pad button um, and it sort of fades your your HUD out because it wow. sort of it just looks so much better. Um, wow, the camera very, very looks. Camera it's just hard. Looks, it's, it's, yeah. Yeah, I love minimal or no hard. Um, mm. That's awesome. Let's do then. Uh, I've got to say again, thank you to all of the people that have come and watched. Whether you're still here, whether you watched it after the facts and all the rest of it, it is our first episode. It has been good fun. No, leave me alone. I've been busy. Mine, mine was the two that you picked, plus that rotator. Oh, I know what you got. No, Asa, you forgot. It's on the dock here. Look, you forgot. It's right here. Uh, League of Legends. Yes, yes. <laughs> League of Legends, go go play League of Legends. That's for you, Dave. I don't strongly recommend Anyways, that next. myself, but Gamsy <laughs> loves it. Let's do um, let's do some outros. So we're going to start with Gamsy because you're probably taken till midnight. No, um, Gamsy, thank you for coming on. Obviously, you're going to be here every week so long as you did have a good time. Um, tell everybody what else you're Better. up to, what they can expect from you, and where they can find you. All right, well, find me right here every Thursday on this channel uh, at Gaming Arcadia. What a great name that is, eh, guys? Uh, and uh, Twitter at GamsleyTKD. Uh, you can find me there. Uh, I love this community. I'm always in it. Uh, the Discord is great. Get in that Discord. There's a lot of fun stuff um, going on and not so fun stuff. Um, be good to each other, and I'll see you next week. Thank you. And Deadly Headley, what are you up to? So you can also find me here every Thursday as well, which is very exciting. Still haven't really got my head around that, but it's, yeah. it's awesome. I'm, I'm really, really happy that the three of us have a platform that we can just 
enjoy and talk about the stuff that we love on a weekly basis. It's going to be very, very exciting. Um, and I'm really, really proud to be part of this show. Uh, you can find me on YouTube at Deadly Headley. Uh, you can find me on Twitter as well at Deadly Headley underscore. Um, I make, uh, like I said in my, in my intro, um, I have a journalism degree. I'm a graphic designer full time and I love playing video games. And a little while ago, I decided to combine all three. Uh, and I'm really, really proud of the content that I make. Um, and the production quality that I've had to sort of learn how to achieve in quite uh, quite a short amount of time. Um, but I love it. I'm having a really good time. So yeah, if you want to go and check out the type of content that I make, um, you can go and find my YouTube channel or follow me on Twitter. I am also on threads, but I have like nobody on there. But if you're on threads, come and find me because <laughs> I like threads and I think Twitter is shit. <laughs> It definitely is, yeah. The worst of conversation takes place there. Um, so me too. I do my own little outro before we head off. I am, and we are really building something good here. I hope you've seen from the tone of this show. There's none of the none of the console war, and we're not like here to be adversarial. We'll we'll pick apart any corporation, whether we're representing like their channel or whatever, and we're not representing them. But you know, we will pick apart anyone and keep it as real as can be. So hopefully, hopefully the tone is going to find you well. Um, this is being built. This community has been built across YouTube and Discord and other places. So, if you do enjoy it and you do want to get involved, please do. We are growing it and having a good time. Going to leave it there. There's not a fancy outro. It's going to cut off pretty abruptly. Um, hopefully, hopefully, we'll catch you all next week.